All right, welcome back to another week with the Trading Triangle. How are you doing today, Sean? Yeah, good, thank you very much. Uh, had a good week off last yeah. week, didn't we? So uh, looking forward to getting back to it, really. Yeah, same here. It's, it's nice to have the week off, though. A little bit of a break's always nice. How about you, Kay? <laughs> it's amazing. I, it feels like forever, like we have not met and we haven't talked about stocks. So it's going to be a fun day today. Yeah, I agree. It is funny how just a week off will uh, will do that to you. So, um, but yeah, let's get into it. I'll go through the usual routine to start. So again, thanks for tuning into the Trading Triangle. Uh, please do subscribe if you haven't already and, and give a like button to smash as well. Appreciate the support there. And um, as always, we are not professionals here. We're, this is not financial advice. This is purely for entertainment and education purposes only. Uh, three guys that like to get together and talk about trading and look at charts and get prepared for the upcoming week. So Thanks again for joining us this week, as always, to our global audience. And uh, what do you think, guys? Jump right into it. Start looking at the info. Let's do it. All right. So nice action last week, but kind of flat, honestly, at the end of the day. Some names moving up, some names moving down. I mean, my, the, the biggest name here that is nice and green is Tesla, up nice and big. Um, what else for you guys jumped off the, the page? Well, I, I think uh, you had Apple, uh, NVIDIA. Apple, particularly because Apple had a major event on, uh, I, I guess it was a Wednesday or Thursday, I forget, when the iPhone 15 launched, pretty lukewarm reception, which was kind of expected. And then the stock basically sold off um, since yeah. then. Yeah, that surprised you, Sean? That surprised me. Um, yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, with these kind of phone releases, I think what we were expecting was a uh, Obviously, USB-C, and that was that was all that happened, really. Oh, they got a new button, didn't they, uh, on the top left of it? That, that, that is, was uh, completely pointless, but yeah. Not, I think it was uh, to be expected, to be honest. It's funny you put it that way, and then maybe I shouldn't expect it too much. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, I mean, this is the action from last week. If you, if you got in on some good trades, I think you might have been um, doing better than a lot of folks that I talked to. Right? It's kind of a tough week for many. Um, but that being said, I think we've got some good setups coming coming our way. I don't think we have much in the way of earnings. But before we get to that, let's jump to fear and greed here real quick. So we've got back into the neutral territory. We've got the VIX doing nothing, right, sitting at 1379. Um, but we've got some action, you know. Uh, actually, not not really. Sorry, I was misreading my notes here. That's a negative 0.48. So really down a half percent for SPY, for QQQ. Uh, the diamonds were only down a tenth of a percent. And the small caps, which I continue to watch IWM, uh, down 0.17 on the week. So uh, everything down slightly. It felt, for some reason, it felt a little bit worse than that. I think it was Friday's action. It just didn't feel so great. Yeah, it was just Friday. It's just that big drop on Friday, like a, 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 more than a percent, right? For S&P 500, it was 1.22, I think, on Friday. And that just felt like the whole week was like, oh, my God, we had a, such a bad week. But it's just one day. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's just because it's the recency bias, I think, is what I'm dealing with here. But <laughs> All right. Uh, fair enough. Um, you know, Bitcoin has another nice week. It's up 59 it's called it 60% on the year, so it continues to look strong. And, um, yeah, what do you guys think? It's We're going to push more into the greed this week? I think I think we report uh, the Mr. Pavlo is going to speak, right, for yes. FOMC. So we may see some uh, more 
buying, I guess, more more green until that day. And maybe then a day before, maybe they will kind of go back into neutral and then wait for the pause, I guess. That's what expected, right? So we'll see. And we're not expecting a rate hike, right? So if we got we're one... We're expecting a pause, yeah. We're expecting yeah. a pause, so... Any movement in the direction is going to, like, absolutely shake markets. I don't expect that, but, you know, you never know. Um, Sean, you thinking... Anything outside of those norms or pretty much just waiting to, to let the FOMC come and go this week? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, if you are trading around that area, just a little note to be careful because it does get very volatile very quickly at 7 p.m. UK. I, I don't know what it is. I think it might be 2 p.m. maybe. In, yeah, in, uh, 2 p.m. ET. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so just be careful if you are trading around that time. And uh, it's always fun to watch him speak. Um, it could be a bit boring after about 20 minutes or so. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see what he comes out and says. Yeah. Looking that, but in terms of price action, yeah, it could go either way. And the the funny thing is, I've noticed that uh, if you actually trade the first twenty, the, the trend that you see in the first twenty minutes when he's speaking is different from after three p.m. onwards, the last power hour. It's very different. I was just gonna say that I feel like he likes to yo-yo it. You know, whatever <laughs> direction it went, and all right, I'm gonna say some things to pull it back the other way. So I feel like that's been kind of the norm or what we should expect. Um, looking at the earnings like we've been talking about drying up pretty much past earnings season but you know what that means the next earnings season is just around it's the right corner. on the corner exactly yeah. the banks uh, will kick it off that's right yep but this week uh i mean you have fedex midweek um which i think is interesting but overall nothing really jumping off the page what am i missing guys anything nothing if you're a, a dividend investor then probably general mills is a lot of people invest in but yeah those are the only two names that if you're interested Yep, good deal. All right, well, let's just get right to the charts then. No, no need to mess around with earnings that don't exist. So getting right to SPY, got a nice chart up here with a nice range, basically is what I'm trying to highlight. So um, be interested in your guys' thoughts. I've got that 444 level I feel like we've been talking about for a while and trying to bounce and hold above that. Actually closed just below on Friday, like we were saying Friday was just one of those days that makes you the whole week feel bad, but um, it wasn't the worst week, but it would have been nice to hold the 444 level. Uh, meanwhile, we've got 433 at the bottom of the recent range and basically 460 at the top. And that's what I was trying to highlight here. We're below the 50-day moving average, so that's not great. But uh, any positive signs here for, that you guys are seeing? Because I'm kind of feeling like... I'm going to jump in here, Nate, for a second. Yeah, please do. Friday was quadruple witching day. I totally yes. forgot. Quad witching. We did not talk about that. Yes. <laughs> I totally forgot. That's the reason you had such a big sell-off. Yeah, all the volatility. And so if you're not familiar with quad witching, I wrote it down. I can't believe I didn't remember that either. We've been busy, Kay. We've been busy. So uh, quad witching is when you have all the expiration dates for all the different types of options, right? Monthly, weekly, and so on. All, in the, all expiring on the same Friday. And so yes. it drives a lot of volume um, because people are covering positions, closing positions and so on. Um, so, yeah, and it can go, you know, it can create very choppy sessions and it can create memorable sessions, right? Like Friday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good point, Kay. Totally space that. Sean, what would you add here for SPY? Anything else on this chart that looks interesting? Um, so I did a little bit of a live stream yesterday on my channel. I talked about the SPY and QQQ. Nice. And I spoke about it in a bit of a negative fashion, which is not really me. 
Um, and the reason for you. that is that's not me, no. <laughs> um, and the reason for that is you see where that 433 line begins at the bottom of that white candle. I drew a line from there to kind of price action towards the kind of 50 moving average uh, where it is now, uh, a trend line basically. Yeah. So we kind of broken that we've uh, bounced off of the 50 moving average and it looks like we're kind of toying with that 444 level um and my thoughts are basically i'm thinking maybe uh, 435 i think i said on my channel but you've got 433 here so around that kind of ballpark um and it's interesting that you've added the volume profile here on the right side which is kind of the shaded graphs which i, I really enjoy looking at but unfortunately i can't get on the free one on trading view but i'm glad you've put them here but you can see there's plenty of volume within that whole range and that's why you spoke about that range isn't it exactly um, right so, yeah. so i think we could uh, very easily retrace back down to that kind of 433 for 435 level so that's my anticipation i think we go down a little bit um so and especially like with um, FOM, fomc around the corner as well yeah i like that you called out the volume profile because to your point the 435 level actually tightens up into where more of that volume is right 433 gets a little bit lighter and we're looking at the the bars on the right side of the chart here, right? That's the volume by price. So at those price levels, this is the, the, the amount of volume you're seeing. And yeah, so maybe I pull that up. I see the bottom wicks of those candles. 435 might be actually a little bit more accurate there. I like that, Sean. Um, and especially given that volume profile that's in there. So yeah, it's a nice feature I like here that we've added to the chart. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so on the... I didn't see that this before, but our put-to-call ratio for Friday was 4.23. You had 3.5 million contracts on the put side versus only 842K on the call side. And then drastically next week, it drops to 1.87. It goes back to the normal put-to-call ratio on an S&P 500 on SPY, basically. Yeah, just the normal hedging. Normal hygiene, exactly. But the following week, it goes back up to 3.5. And I, But I think options are not being opened yet because we only have 100,000 uh, put options versus 28,000 call options. So I, I wouldn't worry about that right now. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about it next week. But I think just, I totally skipped the quad witching day. And I think that was one of the main reasons for the sell-off on Friday. Yeah, no, I think you're right there. And um, the rest of the week actually wasn't too bad. I mean... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday did trend down, but basically moved sideways with a, with a nice move above the 50 on, on Thursday, only to sell off. So maybe we'll get a little bit of recovery. We'll have to see. The cues look very similar, actually. Did the chart even change? I flipped it over. I can hardly tell the chart changed. I mean, it's very similar. So um, the mid-range here, right at 371. You know, I should have paid more attention to that volume profile, Sean, that you're calling it out. I think that 360 is where I should be pulling up that lower uh, bound. I got 354.71 noted at the low there and uh, 388 basically at the high. And so we got a nice, nice tight range here forming on the queues. And actually, if you notice it here, the last two weeks really tightened up, right? So maybe we break this range that we've been in. Um, I'm not saying we'll break through those numbers, the 355 and 388 levels, but maybe head towards one of them. So if we get a nice start to the week and can get back above the 50-day, um, yeah, I'd be looking positive there. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at any of the the call options or you know put to call ratio. Okay, do you have that pulled up? 
Yeah, it's a two. It was on Friday. It was two point oh five. Oh, sorry, two point zero five, two point eight million put options versus one point three call options. So you can see there were still a lot more call options on the QQQ as opposed to SPY. SPY had eight hundred thousand something. Next week we go back to one point three five. So it's back to normal next week. Looking forward to it. <laughs> How about you, Sean? I know you got you, you pay attention to the big tech names and you know some of them in the queues here. Uh, anything else to add to the queues or anything you're looking at this week? Yeah, so I know, I know it's a bit bearish on SPY, but this one is a little bit more optimistic in my opinion. So you mentioned quite a few points as well, but the 371 level, the 50 million average were kind of there. The volume is still kind of there with us, especially with this week coming up as well. I think the volume would be there. Um, Kay mentioned there's more call than than puts uh, this week for for QQQ. So, yeah, this one is a bit more optimistic and possibly a move towards that kind of 387. Is that in the top right hand corner? Um, yeah, 387. Um, you know, the trend is is up. Um, it's a short term trend since the 21st of August, um, but still, it's a trend. Um, so, I'd be looking to kind of follow that trend. And yes, we are kind of teetering around that kind of trend line that I mentioned with the spy kind of coming up from the bottom of that 354 range in the, the 25th of August, actually. Um, if we break that, that's going to be nasty. But, you know, if we can get a good positive day tomorrow, then that that's, that's the end of that conversation. I wonder if we're going to just keep it tight heading into FOMC. I mean, everybody yeah, does. Yeah. Right, right. And But everybody's kind of set on what's going on. I mean, we're pretty much convinced we're going to be holding rates. So, just, yeah, I wonder if a direction will be picked earlier if yeah we'll just kind of sit here around these levels for n- another couple of days which can be tough to day trade quite frankly right it moves unless you're a range trader and you 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 know really taking those quick scalps but anyways yeah, it's tricky. Enough, yeah it's tricky. it could be tricky all right well enough on the cues let's get into some stocks here we've got tesla up first have at it sean yeah, so this is the Tesla chart. It's been a while since I brought Tesla up, I think. I'm not too sure. It feels like a long a long time. Um, but yeah, we can see on the left, we've got the monthly chart. And on the right, we have the daily chart. Uh, on the daily chart, it's a bit more messy. But let's just look at the monthly first on the left. And we can see a really, really nice August, which is the candle just before the one we're on now. Um, and it kind of went down to kind of 210 level, it looks like, around about the kind of maybe two, uh, 215 yeah. And um, it's pushed straight back up to kind of 250, 260 and, and finished above the 20 moving average for the monthly, um, which for me personally, I think is really, really bullish. And not just that, um, in this month's trading, so obviously September, we're kind of halfway through now, just over maybe. Um, we've trailed back down to that where that orange dot is, back down to that 20 moving average and pushed back up from there. So it would be nice to see if we can kind of make a move towards 300 by the end of this month and really cement that kind of trend on the bigger scale going forward for Tesla, which is really, really exciting. Um, but just jumping over to the daily, I've got a few levels there. I won't talk to this too much. I'll just go over a few points that I've got on the screen. Um, we've got the orange kind of highlighted area, which is which I'm basically just guiding the 20 moving average to come through, come back through the 50 moving average, which I think is, again, another kind of bullish sign. Um, but we do have a gap fill at the 256, which is the bottom pink line. Um, 256. So it could potentially, if we get a bit of an interesting FOMC read, or you know, Jerome Powell says some dodgy words, um, 260, 256 would be the kind of place I'd be looking to kind of add to a position, perhaps, um, and then obviously make a move towards that 300 level, which is the other kind of psychological level. But the main, 
the main one actually you can see at the top there i think just about is the 311 and that transfers onto the monthly as you can see there which i've actually got 313 on that one somehow um that's the real kind of resistance but obviously psychologically it's uh, 300. i'm going to stop talking now i think i've been talking for about 10 minutes so what do, what do you guys think about this chart it's all good sean you were not talking 10 minutes at all okay, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> that's what we get for being out of practice for two weeks it feels like we're, we're talking longer than we are uh no tesla's i like this monthly i have not pulled back the i, I need to do this more often when i start rushing because i'm lacking time I don't um, zoom out enough. Do you do the same thing, Kay? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad you brought this to our attention here because that's a, actually a really nice looking chart. I mean, mm. if you look over the past few months, you got the lower highs, higher lows, excuse me, and higher highs forming on our march back to the 300 level, right? Touched it. Now, if we can get back up there and break through. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really positive candle for this this past month, bouncing off the 20 moving average, too. It's yeah. not what I would have expected to see. I don't know why I would have thought a little bit different, like a little bit less optimistic, but that looks nice. Also, uh, at least I'm in the, I'm currently in the trade for Tesla. So what 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 used, what was happening, at least on the daily chart was that we were getting that um, resistance at 257. So when we have, when I have plotted the FIB levels, 257.03 was the resistance level for a couple of days in a row. And that is where you had the 50-day moving average kind of, you know, flattening out. Yeah. Uh, in the couple of days or so, I think in the next two trading days, we, we should probably see the the 20-day moving average crossing over the 50-day moving average as long as it continues in the same trend. And that will signal, an, again, a bullish trend for this trade as well. So, um, I mean, honestly, Tesla trade, if, you, if you're playing options on Tesla, it's, it's amazing as usual. Uh, next week you have 0.97 bullish, right? You have about 204,000 call options versus about 100, 199,000 put options. So pretty even out though. Yeah, it's exciting. I think it's looking good. I think um, my words on Tesla may have excited you a bit more, Kay. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm loving it. I'm in the trade, so I'm happy. I keep rolling my options and I keep collecting the premium. Awesome. I, I noticed that gap. Uh, we have a gap above and a gap below for Tesla on the daily uh, candle here. So, yeah, I would like the gap above to fill and that would get back above 290. So that's what I'm rooting for, Sean. I love this chart. Awesome. Yeah. All right. right, well, here we go. Here's Neo. Um, nice. This one's a little bit more simple to look at. And, uh, well, at least I thought so, probably not for the, <laughs> the average viewer. But, yeah, we can see that the, the wedge that we're kind of creating goes back to kind of behind me, as you can see on the screen. That if you can hide me, hide us for a second, see where that goes yeah. back down there. You I think you. it comes down to May. Oh, no, June. There you go. So all the way back to June, and we're kind of touching around that, obviously, we, around the earnings. Um, you've got the orange dot there on the right, just below the, the red line, which is the 200 million average. You can put us back now if you want. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we're kind of trading within that kind of wedge, and we're kind of sandwiched between the 200 and the 20 moving average as well, which to me, I don't know if we're building up to a slightly bigger move. Obviously, we do have some a little bit of news. They've got EC6 is now available for, for people to buy. Looks like a really nice vehicle. It's quite similar to the Tesla Model X. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it looks like a really nice model. I have um, seen it. Yeah, it does look nice. It's it's really clean. Like, yeah, it's got lots the... of uh, it's got lots of optimism. You know, people seem to be looking about it, looking quite positively about it, which is good. 
Um, but the I don't know why I didn't draw a line, but I just drew loads of orange dots. Um, and that's the 950 level, as you can see kind of on the left side. That seems to be a fairly nice level. So if we were to kind of break below that, that's part of my next support um, generally. But then you can see above that, you've got 13, 20 and 14, which is um, the green lines I've got there above. That's where I would particularly see if we were to break out of this trend in a positive fashion. That's why I'd be looking to kind of take profits. It's quite a big target, but I think it's easily one um, that Neo could do. And you can see that throughout the chart. It's moved towards targets quite comfortably. But if we break down below that, then we're looking at kind of eight again, which is quite worrying. Um, but, you know, this is how we work with long-term investors. Yeah. Do you you know, oh, go ahead, Kay, go ahead. No, do you expect this to happen, like, uh, in, in this quarter? Or is, is there any kind of a catalyst that is coming up for Neo that can push the stock price higher? Um, just maintaining the really nice deliveries. But the thing is, with this wedge, that doesn't end before the end of this month when we get that data. So I think it'll just be kind of price action. And this wedge may not break. It may just kind of travel sideways still, which, again, I'd be fine with. Um, obviously, not all the indicators we use are perfect and not all of them come off. But, um, yeah, that's the, the next biggest catalyst. It's the only thing that can really kind of push the stock is if it get like 25, 30,000 deliveries, that would be insane. Um, but likewise, if we get 15,000, if we miss a target, then we are probably heading towards kind of eight or nine, uh, you know, in terms of past experience at least. Yeah, you've got my attention on those deliveries now. I was not paying attention before, but yeah. I don't know about you, Kay. Yeah. Are, you, are you now following Neo with more detail than in past? I have the, I actually have Neo. So every time Neo runs up, I just roll my options and I collect nice. the premium, but I'm not adding more to my position. Okay, nice. There's, um, there's another catalyst, which is, I don't think it is a catalyst. It's a phone, uh, Neo releasing a phone that kind of attaching to their car. It's not really for kind of making calls and all the kind of social media stuff. It's more like a tool for the car. But I, I don't see that really pushing the stock up. It's just an accessory. I mean, Amazon had a, a Fire Phone one day and that didn't do very well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But I think the cars and the deliveries are the main, oh, of course. I mean, if you deliver cars, you make money. That's essentially how it works. So It's the easy um, math right my, there. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's my catalyst. I mean, the, the infrastructure is still growing. The battery swapping is still increasing. Man. And um, obviously all that kind of stuff. So I'll tell you what. I've been tuned in more to neo in the past month and uh some of the videos out there ch the chart aside right because it definitely like what you've got here on the chart we've got clean lines i think to to watch here and look for a break and real quick before i get to my little anecdotal story uh the 20-day moving average has got my my attention here because we're below it it's crossed below the 50 so definitely want to see that curl back up and if we can get a break out of this wedge and if we do, maybe it'll be because of all these awesome videos I've been seeing on the battery swap. Oh, my God. That is amazing technology. I saw one this morning with underneath. It was like from underneath the car. And it comes in and it does the thing and it pulls it out and puts in the new one. That alone got me like, maybe I should be looking at these Neo. That's crazy. I also saw one where the door handle looked like it was seamless. Like, you know, the Tesla door handles pull in. But. And I don't know if they're all like this, but it looked like it was almost no seam. Like it just sucked it in and the paint job matched perfectly. It was nice looking anyways. Yeah, it's a really exciting car band. The only thing, the only thing that lets down, I think, is honestly because it's Chinese. Um, so obviously the relationship between the US and China has never been wonderful. So it's just that kind of I have a question. I have a question for Sean. So if like if you if you had to buy Neo versus Tesla, which one would you pick? The oh, car Neo. or the stock, real quick. Car. Oh. <laughs> That's what I thought oh. you meant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, buy Neo. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. I, I really—that's that's the reason why I like them. I like the business. I like how it's run, etc. And the, the, all the kind of nice. technology comes with it. But I also really like the cars. At the end of the day, you've got to invest what you, you like. <laughs> um, in my opinion, anyway. All right, we got an answer then. I like it. Good question, Kay. All right, let's keep it going. Thanks for those, Sean. Great charts as always. And uh, I've got some familiar names here. We got DraftKings this week again. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about. I don't think we hit the options actually. Was there anything to, to hit on the options side for Neil? No, not really. Just kind of pretty, pretty standard. Nothing, retail. nothing special popping out on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I figure with the retail crowd, we always have some some interesting stuff there. But um, all right, so let's get over to DraftKings. Uh, we've got some gaps here that I've commented on a few times on X. So if you aren't following. Uh, be sure to give me a follow over there. I like to post a lot on DraftKings and other names. Also, don't forget to follow Sean and Kay, both on X and on YouTube. Great follows, great YouTube channels, and uh, hit that like button and subscribe to this one as well. We appreciate you guys. So back to DraftKings. We've got some gaps here, and we just refilled this last one. I've got them labeled because I wrote about it, like I mentioned. And uh, if you haven't studied the different types of gaps, they're real basic, and uh, it helps you kind of understand what to expect. So like this three here, so I just want to run through them, right? So this the first one, the breakaway gap, that typically happens, um, or what you're looking for to identify that is a consolidation period. So we had the consolidation going back from, I'll say, above my noggin here to above, right above K in between where we get to Sean, right? So uh, that's really, in reality, um, consolidating from February to about May of this year. And then there was a gap breaking well above that consolidating kind of zone and um, on decent volume. And so then from there, we get a continued climb higher. So nothing massive, but it was a break out of a consolidation zone is what effectively what that is. The runaway gap is when it's already taking off and then continues to con you know, rip in the same direction, but there's a gap in the middle. So you can see we had already been ripping out of the prior zone off of the 2641. And you get this runaway gap that showed up on our way to 30. Um, great. I think this is off of great earnings and everything from DraftKings. So now we consolidate for a period of time. And then we get this exhaustion gap where it's it's basically run up so far. The momentum, it just can't, can't sustain it. And so we gap down. And that's normal. The reason you want to understand these types of gaps is some gaps are more likely to fill than others. There's a common gap too that just kind of appears and there's no real rhyme or reason. And those fill more often than others. Exhaustion gaps tend to fill because it's just a break in the action and then, okay, resume the trend. Um, and if it doesn't you know, fill, and the trend might be in, in um, you know, questionable at that point. Um, but like a runaway gap, those may not fill. This one happened to a breakaway gap may not fill. And the reason being is we've broken out of you know, uh, a consolidation zone and maybe the decisions made and the price action is going to continue. So they do fill, but they're just less likely to fill. And hence you get the phrase that everybody talks about. Gaps are likely to fill 80% of the time. So anyways, yeah. that's what I've been looking at DraftKings. I have a question for you. This is, this is amazing, Nate. Um, is it always in this order? Like you, do you oh. always have a breakaway, runaway and exhaustion or is it? No. It makes sense, but I did not know. I did not come across any of that in my study. Um, but that would make a lot of sense, right? Because you would be breaking out of a consolidation, then you get the run up, and then you get the exhaustion. So, yeah, maybe this is a, a pattern that you would see. That's a great question. 
And Sean, anything you would say about these levels? I got 3033 is a key level that we need to hold here to continue to move higher above the 50 day, of course, my favorite moving average. Yeah, it looks nice. I, I like the, the 30 level. I think it's hugely psychological. Obviously, we're bouncing around that, as you can see throughout the chart. Um, and with obviously everything that's kicking off back in, in real life. So um, the football, the, the basketball will come around in a couple of months. So yeah. the, the, the kind of notice will be there. Um, For a breakout, would you be looking? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, I was looking at this chart, looking at the high from, uh looks like Monday, I think it was. Was that Tuesday or Monday? That was Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Would you be looking for a break above that level and maybe a retest for a, a breakout trade or you're not really seeing anything just yet here? No, I, I would actually look for a retest of 30. So you can see that kind of happened on Wednesday. That must be. Yep. Um, it kind of moved up a little bit around there. Um, and obviously the 50 is kind of coming up just below that. So if you've got around 30, I think that would be a nice entry for it to kind of push up because you've got a couple of points of confluence. You've got the, the support line. And the 50 moving average, which for me is, is is really, really stable, really nice. Um, nice tight stop loss, I think. Um, but yeah, not not above the 32 level. I think 30 would be, if it's retraced back down now, I think that would be nice. That'd be a nice good entry. point. Yeah. I might have actually written that down. So, yeah. Nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> me too. I'm writing it down too. Uh, <laughs> Kay, from a, yeah, from an, op, from an option standpoint, you have uh, almost 40,000 put options versus 30,000 call options. So 1.33. So a little bearish for next week. Just on top of that, I've got another observation on this chart. If it were to break down below the 30 and the 50, I don't see much in the way until that 2027 20, line. Or 20, what's that? Yeah, 2641. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's much in the way uh, of that. You can see it kind of dropped there recently as well back in uh, August. August, yeah. Well, bringing so. that, um, the volume by price uh, back into the conversation, you can see, yeah, there's not a lot of volume exactly all the way right. down there. Yeah. yeah. Probably back to 25-ish. That'd be, yeah. that'd be a nice short trade. Yeah. That would be that would be quite, you know, $5 on a $30 stock is, is nothing to sneeze at. So, like yeah, that that, well. yeah, if the 50 breaks, that's interesting trade. Trading both directions. We got it all here. No doubt about it. So moving on to Hood. And I've been looking at Robinhood lately because it just it continues to look interesting in the near term, the real recent term. It had that big push up to 13 and then sold off pretty hard, formed a little bit of gap there. So I noted that potentially we can get a, a nice gap fill. Maybe that's an exhaustion gap right there, right after that big run up. Um, but that being said, it, it needs to get above 1135. 1135 is a key level for me. Um, it got there and tested it. And it's also where the 50-day moving average is. And if you guys are getting sick of hearing about the 50-day, I highly recommend getting used to it because that is where a lot of trading activity really, a lot of these, you know, currently a lot of stocks and moving average and uh, indexes are right near that 50-day. And a lot of technical uh, traders are going to be focused on that. So that's why you're here us talking about it. And I'm looking for a push back up to that uh, 1135 level initially. So uh, close where we close at just around 1050, I think it was. And uh, so nice movement up, but we got a bit of a pullback last week, hoping that that move up Friday, which is kind of contrary to what we saw in the rest of the market is a positive sign for hood. So yeah, that's my thoughts there. Um, okay. Anything that I can't remember if you, if you trade hood or not. 
I I do I do I do trade hood, awesome. but I haven't traded hood in a in a while now. Uh, your put to call ratio is point one seven. You have seventeen thousand call options versus only two thousand eight hundred put options. So you can clearly see that there's a lot of uh, bullish sentiment on the stock for next week. I have not heard of point one seven. <laughs> it beats so far. It beats Palantir. It beats. Uh, That's crazy. All right. Well, let's hear. Let's see it happen. I'm in. I'm in Hood. It's in my portfolio. And Savvy Trader, you guys can see that there. Interested? I've got my portfolio out there for the small account, and Hood is the top holding actually. Um, so yeah, I'm looking for a move to that 11:35. That's that's what I'm targeting. It's it's got some work to do, but making some some higher lows here. Now that we got to make a higher high. What do you think, Sean? Anything else that I missed? Uh, just a bit more of a fundamental kind of point of view. So obviously we've got earnings season coming up in the next couple of months. Um, one of the things for Hood is, is their earnings report. So they like to look for kind of positivity within kind of certain aspects of the fundamentals. Um, and yep. what I can see, I've just pulled up visual stocks things quickly, but the net income looks like it was just, just about positive last, uh, last quarter um, compared to the about 10 quarters before that, which were all negative. So they've just gone positive. So it'd be nice to see if they can improve on that. Um, positive cash flow. Exactly right. And um, yeah, so, and obviously monthly active news is were a little bit down on the previous quarter. So they obviously want to see that a little bit higher. Um, so, and obviously forward guidance in terms of what they offer and kind of the 24 hour trading thing, that seems to be a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the chart, you covered most things quite nicely. I can see a nice trend up if you drew a trend line from, 29th of May-ish up to where we are now. It's kind of following yeah. that just about um, a bit more aggressively, but it is still a trend nonetheless. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the gap above there. I think that'd be nice. But the lack of volume doesn't really speak much for me there. You have your new uh, volume profile indicator, which I'm loving, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite too. I really do like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um yeah, you know, the the trend line, I need to start drawing these trend lines and you keep noticing them. And I'm like, how did I not see that? So mm. yeah, maybe I'll drop these your way, Sean, before we get on. Say, hey, what trend line did I miss? <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> nice. All right. I think that's everything for Hood. Let's keep it rolling, Kay. I'll hand it to you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, AMD, I know, Sean, that this, uh, this talk kind of, uh, you know, gave you a surprise on Friday. And trust me, it surprised not just you, many people. And then it makes kind of complete sense because we have quad witching day. And if you notice, like if we have been talking about this wedge that the from the you know the uptrend and the downtrend line, everything coming as a as a crossover there, and you know, stock was doing pretty well. It was like above its you know downtrend line, it was like hopping off. Now I'm worried about if it can, if we can get a bounce back from the downtrend, or is it? Are we going to see continuous, um, you know, downfall of um, AMD in the coming days? Price closed below both 20-day SMA and 21-day SMA, so that is a um, short-term bearish signal. MACD, because of this major drop, MACD also shows a, a signal which is below. And then I, I would really watch if I am play if I am trading this on a weekly basis, I would want to see that if the price bounces off from the downtrend line next week, or is it continues to go down? Now, being an options trader, I have to make sure that, you know, I if I'm opening any trades on Tuesday or Wednesday, I will have to make, I will probably have to do with less premium because there's theta decay for the week of the options. But if you are just buying and selling stocks, then 
uh, I guess you will have to make that confirmation that it bounces off before you get into any trades. What do you guys see? I'm, I'm watching a falling wedge. What are you seeing, Sean? I'm seeing um, traumatic <laughs> flashbacks <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, yeah, I made a mistake. It, it is what it is. It's, that's trading in the day. But, I mean, I, I see a very aggressively red candle on Friday. Um, and, I mean, it's still technically within the confinements of this wedge. Um, obviously, you need a couple of extra candles to confirm the break. So, like Kay said, I think a nice green candle to kind of get back up to the 104, then we still have a chance of this wedge to break to the upside. But obviously, likewise, if we have a, a, a red day Monday and maybe a smaller red day on Tuesday, then that's a break downwards, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, so the, the pattern I'm seeing is this, uh, it's a falling wedge, right? So if you look at the dip that happened back in June, which is right above you know where Sean and Kay you can remove us and then let's be able to yeah, see. Yeah, that's a good call. So right here in June, the dip that came down and then yep. it came back down again here in August. And that forms the bottom edge of that wedge. And then at the top, you know, basically the the dotted line you've got drawn there. But if you draw it, moved it out just a little bit above those candles. And so we rejected off of that. And yeah, the selling on Friday, actually, there's not a lot of volume at those price levels. And I think that's what really helps send shares you know drop big time the 150 day moving average is right there at a hundred dollars so maybe we get some support at the hundred dollar price but um yeah i was hoping for a break to the upside out of this wedge and it looks like we're just gonna continue to stick within it for a little bit longer yeah a a a amt really fooled us um you know the way it was going in the couple of days it was like oh well that's far above it's you know downtrend line you know but then boom like from $107, $106, you are down to less than $102. And that was a big drop. Yeah, and that's a 50-day moving average rejection there on Thursday, basically. So not yeah. great um, for semiconductors overall to see AMD doing this. We'll yeah. See. yeah, and 4% uh, NVIDIA was down as well. So that's add to the misery. <laughs> well, what else do we have there? We can't be all misery. Let's no, see. no, no, no. We have the next. So th this week is all about A's, right? Uh, we oh, had nice. a yeah, we had A's, AMD, and now we're going to talk about Apple. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about Apple here is more from not just trading, but also investing standpoint. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I just started liking this, you know, drawing these wedges now. Uh, but what I was trying to see is, Apple just came up with its, uh, you know, massive product launch, which they do every year. Pretty lukewarm response, from my opinion, uh, which was kind of expected. I, I don't think if anybody was expecting, a, a, you know, a new uh, high for Apple because of the launch of iPhone 15. I, I think um, that wasn't the one that we were waiting for. It was the the one WWDC that we had where they had the AR, you know, um, those were the ones that, those are really innovative products. Now, um, we are noticing that Apple is in a downtrend, right? Right now it is making lower highs. And I, I honestly do expect that it will continue to make lower highs, but the $174 support level, which goes all the way back to previous year, it has to be respected. Otherwise we could see a further decline on Apple stock. Now the 20 day SMA will has acted as a resistance level. So if you see that it, one, two, three, three times in the last six days, it was rejected from the 20-day uh, 20, uh, 20 SMA. 
And that kind of acts like as a resistance level for Apple moving forward, which in my opinion, if we are only 10% down from its all-time highs of, of 100 and I don't know what, 97 or something, I can't see it. Um, so in that case, you these are the times that you should be adding to your Apple stocks for long-term. Whenever you get these kind of big drawdowns, you add more to it. From a trading standpoint, if I'm in options, if I want to build my position in Apple, I would probably open not a weekly in Apple. I would try to go out two weeks, maybe four weeks, and look at the 30 delta or maybe 25 delta. And then when the stock is going down, then enter into the trade. That's from the option standpoint. What do you guys see? Sean, you first. Unless you want me to jump into it. I'll let you go first this time, actually. Yeah. All right. We're all gentlemen here. So mm. I like I like this spot, too, for buying. Okay, I, I mean, I'm not saying throw your whole portfolio in here. But <laughs> if you're looking to add for the long term, um, I've got the 150-day moving average right here at 175 as well. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's got kind of a double bottom look here where it came down um, at that 174 support. Now we're touching it again. Uh, it, it looks like maybe setting up to move sideways for a bit. So uh, this might be a good place to start dollar cost averaging. And if you get a further drop, you know, wait for it to settle back in again and start DCAing again. Um, that's that's the approach I would take with Apple. I agree. You don't get opportunities, right? Like Tesla gave us a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, if you missed it getting back to 100, good luck on on that happening again, right? If it does, it's probably a, a whole market's being pulled back. But so, yeah, with Apple here, with, um, I like the spot overall. Yeah. Still can't believe you missed Tesla at 100. We do have a we, check, check out the comments. We have a comment from John. Yeah, John's in the comments. Love it. Uh, US 30, started watching US 30 last week, the Dow Jones. Nice. Um, the diamonds, I fall. I, I definitely invest in DIA and. Uh, let's see. Let me go pull that up over here while we're chatting. Actually, keep going What's on up? Apple. Here and, yeah, go go for it, Sean. Tell tell me what you are looking at Apple. What's so happening? I'm looking at um, something a bit more negative. I think I don't know Love if it. you guys see it at all, but it's a bit more of a jagged head and shoulders. Um, so you can see the green bar, which is around about 23rd of August, uh-huh. and it kind of comes back down after that. And obviously, then we have a nice little push up to 190. Uh, just early past of September, and obviously we've trailed back down, come back up and made the right shoulder on the 20 moving average, and now we're kind of coming back down towards the neckline, as they call it, which is the support level we've drawn at 174. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it needs to break in order for the head and shoulders to be obviously completed. Um, and obviously, I hope that doesn't happen, but on the other side of things, it has set a new higher low, technically, since uh, the last one back in August. But yeah, just a little observation of a potential head and shoulders that could be there. I don't know if you guys see that, or is that just me and my so, eyes? So two observations. One is that Sean is turning away from being a bullish investor to a bearish investor, right? <laughs> or a trader. That right? That's that's first it. thing. And, and second of all, listen, you know, in my perspective, especially with Apple, I have a very you know love-hate relationship because I have Apple in my I honestly think Apple should be going down because this gives you an opportunity to buy more Apple. And, and I'm hearing all these analysts, they talk about, hey, what's about the growth of Apple? Well, it's the, I mean, what do you expect just to keep making all-time highs, you know, every single yes, week? Okay. Yes. 
<laughs> I mean, for my 401k, yes, the answer yes. is yes. <laughs> it's seven percent uh, of the S and P, isn't it? So whatever it does, it, it reacts to the market. If, uh, you know, the S and P that I looked at earlier, I said it was a bit more bearish. This could be the catalyst that sends it down towards those kind of yeah. whatever levels I was talking about, four thirty-three or something like that. But and yeah. that's a that's a place where you buy. And honestly, Q four yeah. is coming up, which you have the holiday season, you know, re, you know, ramping up. So in the next month, month and a half you will start seeing a lot more deals coming out, especially in the US. You have uh, carriers like Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile and all those. Their sales will start. And eventually people will, listen, people will go ahead and buy Apple products. You like it or you don't like it. It does sell. It does. Yeah, yeah it's a quality brand, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. big addressable market for Apple still out there. It's not like they are globally dominating, if I'm not mistaken. I think... Um, they're just massive in the States and they're obviously big everywhere, but there's still tons of a, a growth that could be had, which is not what you might expect. But yeah, I, I do agree that if you're going to watch one stock out of like, you can only watch one ticker and try to figure out where the markets are going. Apple might be a good choice. Yep. All right. That's great. There's a quick bit of info, great set of charts, but if you guys wanted more and more information from any of us, uh, you can follow us, as I mentioned before. I'm on Substack, writing a trader's education. Um, I've got the Twitter account, or X, excuse me. And then here's all the information with Sean and Kay as well. So definitely check out their YouTube channels. Quality stuff, especially if you like Neo and the information that Sean's been putting out. I know he's got a lot of great content on Neo, in addition to all the great trading information he's got out there. Kay has got tons of great long-term investing advice. All the big names that you, you like to see. We were talking SoFi earlier too, so I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear I'm talking about that. Um, so yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in. I want to get back to DIA real quick, so the diamonds, because um, that's what I like to track. John, thanks for the comment and the question, or the question in the comment. Um, so looking at DIA, the Diamond Spider Dow, jo Dow Jones Industrial Average ETF. Uh, the biggest note I will have here is the volume at 340 is massive. And so we really want to see the 339, 340 level hold if there is a bit of selling, uh, any bit of selling that comes up. And the 150-day moving average is right at that spot as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the 200 is really close because of the how flat the diamonds have been. So it's probably right there near the 150. Um, but overall, I like this setup. We're making higher lows, and now we need to push back above... 356.70 to make a higher high and that was from august 1st so it's a really recent high let's see it happen i'm rooting for it so thanks for bringing that one up john appreciate it and i think that is everything for us this week oh no we disappeared button you get to see me giant for a second all right guys that's what happens you take a week off you know click the what happens yeah oh my god yes <laughs> So my biggest takeaway this week, you guys, is, um, look, there's charts that are very obvious. And this, for example, is the last one we looked at with the diamonds, DIA. Um, very nice looking chart. Looks like a clean setup potentially for getting in and, and moving higher. But then if you see a chart where we've got maybe conflicting signals, right, that's fine. You don't have to trade it. So that's that's my biggest thing is there's some charts out there that have a head and shoulders pattern, but maybe look and look like they might reverse from it. But 
have some support lines. We'll wait for something to play out and then get in on your trade, right? Don't try to figure out which which signaling is going to be right. And then also just kind of scan your watch list. The reason I have a big watch list isn't to trade all 30 tickers every week. It's to find the right setups and trade the one or two, right? So uh, that's that's I've been seeing a lot of conflicting signals. So I just want to make sure that I'm not getting anxious and trying to, you know, stick with a bias or something like that. So what about you, Sean? You, you were catching a lot of great patterns this week. Uh, what would you add to as we close up? Yeah, just be careful. I think if you're having a bad run, I mean, I had a bit of a, a red week last week. I'm happy. I'm open to admit that, of course. Um, so just revisiting trading rules and just maybe minimalizing um, the amount of trades you're taking. So minimalize. That's not a word. Minimize. I like it. Minimize. <laughs> yeah, minimize. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just take take it easy. Take a step back. And you know, like you said, if you, if you see multiple kind of things on a chart and you're not too sure what to do, just take a step back and just move on to the next asset. And uh, on top of that, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We, we, we forget to mention it quite a lot. Uh, but yeah, subscribe to the channel. We do this every Sunday and we really, really enjoy it. So uh, yeah, hand over to Kay. Well, from my from my perspective, I think uh, uh, picking off from what Nate mentioned, it's uh, you, you should have a watch list, right? Second, I think I also think you need to identify what if you do trading, what kind of a trader are you? Like, for example, I like trading in a range. I know Sean is a breakout trader. Right, Nate. I don't know. You have categorized yourself as a which, which kind of a trader you are, but maybe this is a chance you can you can tell us what kind of a trader you are. But I think identifying yourself in what works for you is important. And and then thirdly, I think um, trade in your watch list. Don't try to build a watch list with 25, 30, 40, 50 tickers. Right. Try to stick with a shorter list because once you start understanding a stock and its pattern those patterns will repeat itself, you know, you know, just like, for example, take AMD, for example, that one or 200 level is, is a very key level for us. So we know that because we have been trading AMD for a long time. Right. If you keep going in and out of a stock, you wouldn't know exactly. You will see a pattern, you will try to get in, and then that might be a false pattern. That's just my take on uh, how I have evolved over the years. No, that's good stuff. And I will say I'm an opportunistic trader. So I try to take any opportunity, but in reality, I'm more of a range trader. I, I definitely do much better at identifying ranges and then trading those accordingly. It's probably what I write about 80% of the time when I am getting in trades. So I don't know. Maybe it's getting, maybe when you get older, you become a range trader. I don't know. Maybe that's the case. He just called me old. We're going to close up shop on <laughs> that comment. <laughs> but oh, thanks man. again, everybody, for tuning in to the Trading Triangle. Do hit the subscribe and the smash the like button. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back for more fun next week after some great trading, hopefully. So we'll see you then. Have fun.